guys. Welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. I'm Valencia, and today we're going to be talking about navigating the holiday season with food allergies. But before we get into that, you know I got to talk about how I've been this past week. So, this past week has been busy. <laughs> so, Lately, it's just mainly been trying to prepare for, you know, the holidays and like Christmas and everything like that. So, um, and like for holiday traveling. And so I've been like taking my dog to make sure like she has like all her like vaccinations and um, for boarding purposes, um, just making sure that that's up to date. Um, So literally just been like, going to her bed all the time. Um, she le- recently went to the vet this past weekend. Um, so it's just been busy making sure that she's up to date on things. Um, I actually went Christmas shopping with my um, mom to get some things for whether it was like for work purposes or um, like for people that we work with or um, for like people that we know. Um, just getting like little things that are like, we're thinking about you and we appreciate you and like happy holidays type of stuff. Um, we also got like some Christmas sweaters, like some ugly Christmas sweaters, um, some like matching Christmas pajamas cause we're supposed to be doing like a little holiday trip, which will be super fun. Um, so mainly we've just been preparing for that as well and making sure that everything's in order. Um, just because I can't believe Christmas is like coming up soon. Like guys, like I can't even believe how close we are to Christmas and how close we are to my birthday. (laughs) So mainly it's just been preparing for that. Um, also I recently got my grades back and I'm super excited about them. Really proud of myself. I worked really hard this past semester and I just need to keep that up. Um, what else has been going on? It's mainly just, just been getting in the holiday spirit. We've just been watching Christmas movies at home. It's funny, like, fun fact, my dog loves Hallmark movies. I don't even understand why or, like, how, but it started, like, when she was younger, and, like, I guess it's just something that's, like, stuck with her, and so now, like, if, you know, if she's getting a little rowdy or something like that, then I'll just turn on Hallmark and, like, she like literally will look at the television like it's crazy that which reminds me of something that just happened this past week like so I was feeding her and I was giving her her food and sometimes she like lollygags and like takes her time and like is like a slow eater type of thing and I was like okay well I'm not gonna keep this out like all night like you need to eat it or not eat it when I'm gonna you know pick it up or whatever so then when I was like yeah I'm here to go pick it up literally this dog barked in my face like no you're not gonna pick it up and I was like wait what I was like wait 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 what so I was like well and I told her I was like well if I'm not gonna pick it up now then you need to finish eating your food and don't you know this dog went and she finished her food Like, I always tell people that, like, my dog doesn't know English, but she understands everything that I'm saying. Because she'll look at me, and it's like we're having a conversation. It's kind of crazy, but but I don't know if anybody else is like that with their dog. I don't know if it's just me, but, like, that's how it is. So, 
that's mainly what it's been this week. Um, it's been kind of crazy at the stores and like the stores have been having like longer hours. So that's been kind of fun doing like some last minute Christmas shopping. Um, I like wrapped some of my gifts already, you know, I'm like feeling like super prepared and like super excited. Um, not because I feel obligated to give gifts, but because, you know, I like doing it and, you know, especially if it's something that I feel like somebody is in need of something, like they really need it. Um, then I, and if I have the means to do it, then I would like to be able to do it. So that's why, and I like being able to surprise people and the looks on people's faces. So I, I do it when I can, you know what I mean? But that's mainly what my week has been looking like. So now we're going to get into my food likes and dislikes. So my foodie likes, um, the first one is the Beyond Breakfast Sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts. Oh my goodness gracious, that breakfast sandwich is so good. It's like so good. And so like it's basically like a sausage breakfast sandwich um but it's for people who are meatless or plant-based or like vegan or vegetarian you know along those types of lifestyles um or if you're trying to eat less meat this is a good way to do it because it tastes like meat but it's not meat and it's like you know this like little circular sausage patty and it typically comes on like an english muffin um, but I don't get it with an English muffin. I get it with like a plain bagel. And then it comes with cheese, which doesn't make sense to me. Because it's supposed to be for like plant-based people. And we don't eat cheese. I mean, I don't eat cheese for another reason. But you get what I'm saying. But I don't get mine with cheese. And it tastes really, really good. Now granted, like when I put ketchup on it, it's kind of like a hot mess. Since it's not on an English muffin because of the circle and the bagel. So like ketchup will like ooze out and it'll like get all over the place and it's kind of a messy sandwich like that but it's a good messy sandwich and it tastes really 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 good so I highly recommend you try it, especially if you like go to Dunkin anyway then like you're already there and you might as well try it so highly recommend it I love it my mom loves it we get it like when we are on our way to something and we don't have time to be able to make breakfast at home then that's what we'll do or if we're going on a road trip we'll do that it's something that recently came out with Dunkin within the past few months but it's really good and I hope it stays forever because I really like it and I don't get sick of it which is weird because sometimes for some meat substitutes like I'll get sick of them and I'll be like I can't like I need to lay off of it for some weeks and then maybe like in like a month then maybe I'll like be in the mood to have it again but for this sandwich it's not like that so that's kind of odd but I'm happy because it tastes so good um some other food likes that I have are um the like I'm lately I've been like on a unsweetened tea kick like I always have unsweetened tea in my room and it's so funny because people make fun of me because they're like, I don't understand how you can be from the South and you don't drink sweet tea. Now, granted, I grew up around people who are from the North. My mom is from New York. So to them, there's no such thing as sweet tea. It's just iced tea. So that's just how I am. And I used to like sweet tea a little bit when I was younger. But now, you know, my taste have changed. And so 
like I really like unsweetened tea like my I I will drink like unsweetened like black tea which is something new because I used to think unsweetened black tea or black tea in general was like absolutely disgusting I still do but it depends on the brand and then I also like unsweetened green tea so for unsweetened black tea I really like um like pure leaf like they have like a really good brew of tea um and then there's another brand but i it's slipping off my tongue and then oh no yeah it's the one from aldi's aldi's had like a branded one that's unsweetened i have not been able to find it anywhere it's like i think it might have been seasonal but it tastes really good and it's like it tastes nice and bold and flavorful and it doesn't taste watery and i love it and it tastes really good and then for unsweetened green tea my go-to brands are the is honest honest is unsweetened green tea is really good and then i like um whole foods is 365 brand that tastes really good so those are like my recommendations for unsweetened tea i love the flavors of all of them they have a, a, a really nice boldness to them um they're kind of bitter but not to the point where it's like cigarettes bitter like there's like a there's like a fine line as far as bitterness is concerned but I like like the boldness and like the wholeness of the flavor that it has like it tastes really good highly recommend all those brands so uh, dislikes hmm oh this is a recent one so again I went to a Mexican restaurant and I ordered a taco salad just to let you know for future reference I am like a big fan of like taco salads and like burrito bowls and all that other sort of stuff that's usually what I order when I go to like like to go type of Mexican restaurants like not like the sit down like authentic ones but I was at like a sit down when that was supposed to be authentic this time okay so I got a taco salad that had the crispy shell right so when I was ordering it, I was like, hey, because it came with a lot of stuff that I don't like because we all know Valencia is a selective eater. So after I said all the stuff that I didn't like and I said, hey, I don't want sour cream or whatever. And so but I was like, but I'll keep the guacamole because I like guacamole. So they were like, OK, so they bring me my taco salad. Right. And the guacamole looked weird, like it was like super smooth and like to the point where it looked like it was like margarine or like some type of spread like it looked like abnormally smooth because good guacamole is kind of like chunky and you can see like the pico in it and you can see the onions and you can taste the lime and it just tastes really good like really good guac this one it tasted like there were they had mixed it up with something to like i guess make the avocado stretch a lot more in the guacamole and you know, my mom was like, this tastes like it has sour cream in it. And I was like, well, I wouldn't know because I don't have, like, I have never tried sour cream before. Like, usually if I make a dish that has sour cream in it, then I usually do um, a dairy-free substitute for it, whether, you know, that's, you know, some other concoction or actually getting dairy-free sour cream. Like, I've never tried regular sour cream before. So I was like, I don't know what it tastes like, but I know this tastes weird. So then, you know, we called the server, we talked with the server. The server was like, oh yeah, there's sour cream mixed in with the guacamole. And I'm like, 
well, we said that we didn't want sour cream, so why would you not think that we wouldn't want the guacamole if you know that there's sour cream mixed in with the guacamole, which is a whole nother story. Like, who mixes guacamole and sour cream and calls it guacamole? Like, no, no, that's not okay. So, needless to say, we were very, very upset because we were both in the mood for guacamole, like really good guacamole, and instead, we got some type of green spread that had dairy in it. And we both don't do dairy. So that was a big miss. And yeah, it was just, it just, it just ruined the meal, to be honest. It's one of the things that ruined the meal. So I'd probably say that's like my big food dislike, foodie dislike, because it just was not, it wasn't it, Chief. It wasn't it. So now. We are going to get into the foodie news. So the article I'm going to be talking about today is an article that is from um, the Scientific Journal of the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, which is um, called the Annals of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. And so the article showed how most people who are allergic to peanuts can safely eat tree nuts, but 40% of people voluntarily avoid all tree nuts for a variety of different reasons. But the most common one being um, a potential risk of cross-contact. Some other ones include you know, avoiding tree nuts to, due to a young age, which that was like 13%. Um, 16% said that they had no desire to consume any tree nuts. Um, 50% said, like I said, it was due to a fear of cross-contact. Um, and what else? And then 12% was due to um, a high likelihood of being allergic. And that was out of 100 people who... Um, avoided just all tree nuts and then that was the different percentages broken down so i thought this article was interesting because it's super relatable because i know that i would probably fall in between the 12 percent that avoided due to the high likelihood of being allergic just because i know for me like i don't have a peanut allergy but i have a macadamia nut allergy and so for me i just avoid like pretty much all nuts with the exception of almonds and coconuts because I drink like um, almond breeze, almond milk and like almond breeze, almond milk and coconut milk blend, highly recommend. Um, But those are the only two that I like consume, but I don't like eat them in like their true form. I just drink them. Um, But yeah, I don't deal with any other nut just because I, my first reaction to a nut really scared me so much that I was just like I'm not dealing with that I'd rather just stay away from most nuts be on the safe side you know be like Mm-mm, don't want that nut Mm-mm, no no I just I just say no because I'm like I don't like I don't want to risk having some type of a reaction to something and be in a space where I don't feel comfortable having that type of a reaction there or just not wanting to have one, period, because it's just scary when you have one because you really don't know how your body's going to react and what's going to actually happen until it happens and you see everything lay out in front of your eyes. So, yeah, no, 
but I just thought this article was really interesting to be able to see like how even though people who are allergic to nuts like allergic to peanuts specifically can safely eat tree nuts how they choose not to for different reasons and whether that is for whether that is for um like cross-contamination risk or whether that is for like a variety of different reasons so I just thought that article was like super super interesting like super interesting and now that we're done with foodie news we're gonna get into the episode so today's episode topic is navigating um, the holiday season with food allergies so basically I'm gonna be talking about you know like what I've done like past few years and like tricks and like tips that like I usually use um, and like follow throughout like the holiday season or even like not in the holiday season but I really 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 follow these tips and they're like my like go-to guide or how to be able to make sure that I, you know, have a good holiday. So I'd say, how many holiday seasons that have I gone through? Um, I've been through a few because I've I've been, I've known I've had my dairy allergies and my nut allergies and stuff for a minute. But we all know the holiday season. That means you know, like family dinners, you know, entertaining parties, you know, entertaining events. You know, there's just so many different things that are happening, office potlucks, you know, holiday parties, you know, you name it, you know, but with all those really, really great and exciting events, you can kind of have a sense of anxious tendencies um, for people who have food allergies because you just get really nervous because it's like a nervous time of year and that on top of you going to, you know, whether you're going to somebody's house for the first time this year or you're going to um, a new friend's party or a new friend's house or something like that. Like you have to deal with that. But then on top of that, you know, you have your food allergies and it's kind of a lot. And you're just kind of like, ah, oh my gosh. So I going to be sharing like some tips that have helped me and have given me a peace of mind. So I want to be able to help you guys. So one of my first things that I always do, I always do this anyway, because I'm a selective eater. So I always like asking questions. But definitely if you have food allergies, like you always need to be asking questions about like, what ingredients are used in dishes, you know, what are the preparation techniques that took place for their dishes, you know, and if there's any chance of cross-contaminations that um, happen throughout the cooking process for the different dishes. I mean, I know that it could be, like, I know for me, like, when I started asking questions, like, I was like, I don't really know, like, am I coming across as being annoying or, you know, am I like bothering people, um, you know, being like, oh, like I need to know what's in everything and blah, 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 blah. But it can save your life by asking all these questions, even though it can be come across as being annoying for some people who don't really understand the seriousness of food allergies. But I would rather be annoying than uh, being in the hospital on Christmas Day or during New Year's. So 
it's best for you to ask questions because no one's going to be your best advocate more than yourself. So you have to speak up for yourself and you have to ask those questions to be able to make sure that you are keeping your health at the forefront of your mind. So that's like a number one priority. I know like for me, like when I would go to like Thanksgiving dinner for at like my cousin's house or, you know, or going to one of my friends' house for Thanksgiving, you know, I always ask, hey, you know, what's in this dish? You know, what ingredients are in it? You know, how, like, how did you prepare the dish? You know, did you do, is there any chance there was any cross-contamination that took place? You know, like, did what type, you use milk, what type of milk did you use? Did you use all dairy-free milk? Did you mix dairy-free milk with, you know, regular milk? Like, these are types of questions that you have to ask to based off of the allergies that you have to different foods. Like, you, I mean, you're just going to have to do that to make sure that, you know, for an example, like, you don't go to, like, some holiday party and it doesn't look like the cookies are peanut butter but the, and that they're chocolate chip cookies, but then you bite into it and then you find out it's a chocolate chip peanut butter cookie and then you have an anaphylaxis reaction in the middle of the party. I don't think you want that type of an attention at the party. And then, like, it's just a scary experience to be put through that. You're supposed to be, like, the greatest time of year. You're supposed to be having so much fun. You're supposed to be around all the people that you love. Like, that's not something that you want to be able to have to deal with. So don't put yourself in those types of situations. So just ask questions. I I always say that there's no such thing as a dumb question. So I like, you know, just ask. And even if you get eye rolls and people are like, blah, 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 like, you know, that I'm not going to use that because I know that you're coming and blah, blah, blah. But it makes people with food allergies feel so much better knowing and having that peace of mind that that item, that dish, you know, whatever that drink is free of whatever that they are allergic to. So a piggyback off of that would be bringing a safe food wherever you go. Now, me and my mom, we are notable for bringing safe foods. We have been bringing safe foods since I could remember because we're veg- we're pescatarians, which is a type of vegetarian. And so we always end up bringing something, whether that's fish, whether that's vegetables that weren't cooked in like chicken broth or cooked it with like turkey and all these other different meats so we're notable for bringing safe foods but especially when um we discovered that i had some food allergies that we like bring safe foods cook safe foods to make sure that we have things that you know that i can eat and that she's also um my mom's also lactose intolerant so making sure that she has foods that she can eat as well um so i know for an example like when i was younger growing up i would love having my grandmother's um macaroni and cheese like oh uh, my goodness like all my memories of eating it have been like really delicious memories but when i found out that i had dairy allergies um it sucked because i couldn't have it anymore um so what i would do is um my mom would go and buy like the dairy free cheeses to be able to make a dairy-free version of the macaroni um and then we would bring that to thanksgiving so that 
I would have my own little um, container of macaroni and cheese that's just for me so that I would still be able to have macaroni and cheese and be able to not feel like I'm being alienated and that I can't have what everybody else is having too. So, and also bringing a safe dish, you don't have to worry about being hungry because you brought food. You always will have a full plate and you don't have to have, ask, you don't have to like have to ask any questions about like, um, you know, about ingredients and stuff like that. And then also you don't have to answer questions that are like, oh, is that all you're eating? Because the only thing that you can eat at the party or at the dinner is like the salad because like that's all that they have that you can eat. So, and then also you're able to um, share like food allergy friendly dishes with like your family and your friends. So that way that, you know, they can be exposed and be able to see the types of things that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, being mindful of the different, you know, ingredients that are in different foods that you could be highly sensitive to or highly allergic to. So that's are like the plus sides of being, of bringing um, a safe dish to an event. And I highly recommend it. Like I said, I've been doing it for years, so. So the next tip that I have is if you can't read it, you really, 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 really probably shouldn't be eating it. So when I say that is, you know, like during this time of year, you know, there's like different types of gifts that you get. You might get, you know, like electronics, you might get books, you might get music, but nowadays gifts come in multiple forms, including food and like the whole edible gifts train is something that has been prevalent especially in like the most recent years and really for people who have food allergies like your senses need to be like heightened like you need to make sure that if you are receiving gifts like this that they have labels on them and that they say like what exactly is in the like treat or you ask the person who made the treat what's exactly in it And like, not like in, you know, approximate amount, but like actually like exact amounts, what do they use? And if they can't answer those questions or the treats don't have like an ingredients list or like a label on it, then you just need to say bye, bye, bye to that treat and just not accept it and be like, no, well, you know, I have food allergies. There's certain things that I have to be mindful of for the sake of my health and that, you know, I have to decline that. And you just need to do that to be able to steer clear of an allergic reaction and just avoid any food, any item, any sort of edible gift that does not come with a label. Repeat after me, avoid any food or item or edible gift that does not come with a label. I know like for me, like a few years back, me and my mom, we would get invited to like this cookie exchange And there's like so many different types of cookies there. And, you know, of course, the cookies that we would make would be like dairy free, like fully through and through. And so, you know, at the end of the event, you know, in addition to the cookie exchange, there would be some people who would give like 
edible gifts and it's like we would go to them and be like hey you know what's in this item blah 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 um why doesn't it have a label you know or if it does have a label go to them and ask questions and stuff and if it doesn't have a label and they can't answer your questions um and be as transparent as they need to be in a situation with somebody who has food allergies then you just need to say no i'm not going to accept it and that's just how it's going to be and you know and yeah you might ex- you might experience like some people who like quote unquote like food bully you and be like oh well why don't you accept it and it's not that big of a deal and oh blah 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 but you'll be safer this way my last tip that i think a lot of people tend to forget about um just because it's not more so ingredients based focused um as far as like what ingredients are put into foods it's more so about cross-contamination it's don't forget about cross-contamination because cross-contamination is a thing and it's something that I have to deal with especially being on a college campus like it's something that I have to deal with every single day when I go to the dining hall whether you know for an example I'll go to get like a stir fry or something like that and there'll be just a bunch of veggies and you know I'll get my stir fry back and there will legitimately be pieces of meat in there or if I'm going to get um, like a quesadilla or something like that but then I ask for no cheese or things of that nature like dishes like that that involve dairy and I'll be like no I don't want dairy and then I'll see traces of dairy in my dish and then I go back and I'm like no this is unacceptable like cross-contamination is like not safe for me I have food allergies like there are certain things I have to be cautious of and it's really so difficult to avoid cross-contamination especially if you're out sure you can be like really good at like being an ingredient label reader and asking all the really good questions to avoid any you know exposure to the thing that you're allergic to but a lot of the times cross-contamination can be like outside of your control and that's for me one of the scariest parts um and so it's okay to ask detailed questions about like how your food is prepared and even like better like I know for the sake of like restaurants and stuff um like especially before a holiday like make sure you call ahead of time and chat about your allergies and talk about like what's being served and all your different inquiries around that um but yeah restaurants usually do a better job at avoiding cross-contamination but when it comes to like going to like your friends or going to like your family's house or something like that that's not something that they think about they don't really think about cross-contamination um and yeah you know people will you know clean their utensils and with like soap and warm water or you know but that doesn't mean like what they're doing is 100 percent foolproof and that it's done correctly and so that's why in this case for cross-contamination like it's just better to bring your own like safe food because like if you arrive to let's say like a cousin's house a friend's house you know your mother's house your dad's house etc and you see you know open containers you see crumbs over here you see containers open this and things are everywhere you know you might start to feel a little bit skeptical and you still want to feel like 
you're in an environment where you're safe and that you don't feel like your health is at risk because, you know, there could be there could be a chance that some cross-contamination could be taking place. And it's something that's a struggle. Um, it's something that I feel like a lot more people should be aware of and I feel that should be a lot more mindful of. But it's just going to come with time that when more people become aware of food allergies and how detrimental they are to people's health and how a lot, some people can have life-threatening reactions to having different foods and actually be like, oh, and have it click and be like, oh, this could be harmful for somebody else, even though it's not harmful for me. I think that's when cross-contamination, we'll see less of it and we'll see more so of more discussions about it and people actually thinking that it's a serious issue besides people in the food industry. So my last tip, my absolute last tip is to never, ever, 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 ever leave home without your life-saving medicine for your food allergies, whether that is an EpiPen or an EpiPen equivalent, whether it's Benadryl, if you have any sort of life-threatening food allergies, never, ever, 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 ever leave home without your medicine, okay? Life is, is such a precious gift. You know, you only have one chance of life. You know, your life is special and it would suck for you to just make a mistake as simple as, you know, not, you know, having the right um, tools that you need for your food allergies. That could cost you, I mean, it could cost you your life. And, you know, you have to always be on high alert when you have food allergies, especially life-threatening food allergies and forgetting the tools that can save your life when you're not home because it's either, I don't know, a burden to carry them around or it's like super annoying or you're like, oh my goodness, like, why do I have to carry this? I feel like, you know, that I'm not like regular and that I have to carry all these tools with me. Like I'm some Bob the Builder with the little fanny pack around my, my waist, but that's not an excuse. Your safety is your number one priority and you just need to have that stuff on hand and you need to always be ready and you just have to be equipped. You just have to be because if you don't, then something bad could happen and we don't want to even think about that. So make sure that that doesn't happen by making sure you have all the tools that you need in your toolbox. So that is today's episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, um, learned some new tips, or were able to find some parallels that were super relatable as far as some of like the stories that I told in here. Um, Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Um, Give us a rating. Um, Hopefully it's five stars if you enjoyed it. Um, Leave a comment below um, to share like your thoughts on the podcast. And I will talk with you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>